Join us on the My Name is Daughter podcast and learn how to live life as a daughter of God. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me on the My Name is Daughter podcast. My name is Athena and I am your host. I really appreciate that you are here, that you're continuing to rock with me. You're continuing to listen, offering just awesome feedback. And I'm just very grateful for this opportunity. So um, I really want to get right into today's episode. It's something that I think is just really powerful. I am hoping that by the end of the episode, you will have a better sense of what it means to be an heir of God. But first, let's pray and let's get this started. So God, I thank you so much for being an awesome father. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. And I pray right now over your daughters, oh God, I pray that they would know who they are in you. I pray that they would get to know you more, Lord God. I pray that your words would flow through my mouth, oh God, so that your daughters can hear your heart for them. God can hear your heart and to reveal yourself in such a personal, intimate way to each and every person that listens. Lord, I thank you, God, for the gifts and the talents that you have given to each and every one of us. And I pray that we would use it for your glory and your honor so that people can know you more. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Um, so let's start out with definitions. Definitions are super important so we can make sure that we're on the same page. The definition of an heir is, I'm going to give you two. First, a person who inherits or has a right of inheritance in the property of another following the latter's death. The second definition is someone who continues to do the work of someone important who has died or someone who has the same position as the previous person who held that position. So to summarize, basically someone dies and they leave someone something to someone and that person is, the, is called the heir. The idea of an inheritance, which is what the heir receives, definition is to receive from an ancestor as a right or a title by law at the ancestor's death to come into possession of or receive especially as a right or divine portion. No matter what definition you're going to get of heir, because there are several definitions, they all include the fact that someone has to die. Someone has to die in order for the inheritance to be received. Now, the reference point that I want to use is Romans chapter eight, which Paul is speaking to the Roman church. He was just talking about how Jesus's work on the cross um, gave us life and um, it set us free. We are, we are, we're no longer slaves. And it, chapter eight starts off with, there's therefore now no condemnation. Our past is not held against us. We don't receive the, the judgment that we would have received before um, if we had never accepted Christ. And he goes on to talk about this idea of having life in the spirit. He talks about the righteous requirement of the law being fulfilled. And that's important because the terms regarding heir and inheritance are all legal terms. And we have to consider that when we talk about Jesus dying on the cross. There was a debt that was paid and he legally um, took that upon himself and he fulfilled that debt and he paid that debt for us. So there are a lot, there's a lot of legal language um, that comes into play here. And it talks about going back to chapter eight, how we no longer have to live according to the flesh, but we now have the power to live according to the spirit because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living on the inside of us and it empowers us. And we don't have to live according to that flesh. He goes on and he talks about um, in verse 13, putting to death the things in the body. He says in 14, 
that if we are led by the spirit, then we are considered sons. When we receive Jesus, when we accept Christ, when we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, it says we are saved. Going into that, it talks about in verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is where we're going to, what we're going to use as a starting point um, to talk about heirs and talk about inheritance. Because when we do accept Christ, when we do accept his spirit on the inside of us, we are saying that we are part, we are a part of God's family. Why is that important? Because in the Jewish culture, culture, family was everything. They highlighted family. Family is where you learn things. Family is where you were a part of the community. Family was very highly regarded. And not only that, the idea of being the firstborn was so key because the firstborn had different responsibilities. They had different levels of authority. They were the one that was that was carrying down the line, um, the lineage, the legacy. So going back to how a person can become an heir is by death. Now we know that once Adam and Eve sinned, it launched this plan into act into action where now Jesus would come and come to earth as God, okay? God in flesh, put it on flesh to die for us. Jesus's death allowed us as his sons and daughters to have access to the inheritance that God has. You see, normally when someone dies, they have a portion for this person, a portion for this thing. Some people even give stuff to their dogs or to charities and things like that. But when Jesus died, we didn't just get a portion of what the father had. We received access to the entire thing. This is what brings life in Christ to a whole other level more so than other faiths, because we have access to all of it. And there was nothing that we had to do to to, to earn it. God did the work for us. God, God allowed us to receive it without us having to do anything. I mean, how great and how gracious is our God that he would do that for us, even though he didn't have to. He took it upon himself to meet that righteous requirement that Paul is talking about earlier on in that chapter. It's great because not only did Jesus die, so we had access that that veil was torn in two, but he was raised to life, which is super dope because that released his spirit that gave us access to his spirit, obviously, when Jesus ascended. And so not only do we receive and have access to all of the things that he has for us, a secondary definition was the idea that someone who continues to do the work of someone important who has died. See, Jesus obviously did the work. And remember, he said, you're going to do greater work than I did. He's passing us the baton and saying, here, it's your turn. I did my part. I ran my part of the race. You continue to do the work. And that is what we are called to do. This is why it's so important that we don't compare ourselves to other people. We have to, to keep our eyes focused on the father, on what he has set for us to do. Because when we lose sight 
of what he has given to us and we are looking at other people and we can't complete what he has called us to complete. We can't do what he wants us to do. This also plays into the idea of we have a limited and narrow mindset as to how the idea of inheritance works because we 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 think in human terms. We think there is a certain portion and when someone receives a measure of, you know, material blessing, um, we think, well, since God has already given it to this person, to her, that means that there's not enough for me. But we forget that God is limitless and that just because someone else received something doesn't mean there's not room for us. In fact, we need to be applauding and celebrating when that person, when that sister of ours gets something that maybe we wanted because it's like, oh, if God can do it for her, that means he can do it for us. It's not like in the Jewish culture where it's like, oh no, this inheritance is only specifically for this person, this firstborn person. Remember I talked about that? Well, the other part about when Jesus died and he rose again is that God elevated us to the position of firstborn. We are co-heirs with Christ. It doesn't just mean that we get something. No, it means that just as much access as Jesus had, we also have we share in that firstborn inheritance. This is again how good our God is, how gracious and how loving and how merciful God is that he would elevate us to a position where we can get anything and everything that he has for us. And that's why comparing is going to rob us from enjoying what he has of having that abundant life. Now that doesn't mean it's just like houses and cars and jewelry and no, 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 no. That's, that doesn't mean that's not abundance of life. That's just stuff. That's just a lot of stuff. But the abundance of life that comes from being able to be filled with the spirit, not just having the, the spirit just dormant on the inside of us, but to be filled, to be intentional about our relationship so that we can walk in the fruit. We can walk in love and joy and peace and so on and so forth. We have to get out of that limited mindset. It's not like God can't give us all these things. He has so much in store for each and every one of us. And it is up to us to determine how much of that we allow ourselves to access. It is up to us. He has given us the opportunity and it is for us to take hold of it. Jesus's death on the cross did so much for us. It allowed us to have the access to the inheritance. It allowed us to have access to the father. It paid off our debt. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We don't have to suffer in the way that Jesus suffered in order to have access to the father. Now, unfortunately, there are those of us that are in the world that are going to go through a much greater dimension of suffering, of persecution, and how awesome is it that God is with us through it? That unlike in an earthly sense, when someone leaves us something and they are gone, he is with us through all of it. He is with us through the management of it. He is with us and will never leave us and will never forsake us. And I want to encourage you daughters of God to know that you have the ability and the opportunity to have um, something deeper in God. 
that the inheritance that he has for you is filled with good things. James talks about he gives us good gifts. It talks about in several gospels where it's like, he's not going to give us a, a stone when we ask for bread. He's not going to give us snakes when we ask for fish. He's not that kind of God. He's not that kind of father. And I'm sorry if you had a father that was petty. And I'm sorry if you had a father that was manipulative or narcissistic or any of those wicked, evil things that it is hard for you to relate to God. It is hard for you to see God as a loving father because you didn't have that experience. I am sorry that happened, but know that there is a different way. There's a better way. And if you had the type of father that was there for you, there's a, there's even a better way than that. Whether or not these are your, this is your biological father. It's if it's your stepfather, if you are adopted, God supersedes all of that. God is the most perfect father. It says that we are adopted into his family. You are not worthy in and of yourself, but God has made you worthy through the death of his son. You aren't worthy of receiving the inheritance of the firstborn, but he made you worthy because his firstborn died so that you could live and that you could walk in what he has for you. I know for some of us, it's hard. Insecurity is real and it's not something you just magically get over. It's something that we have to work through, but you can do it by the power of the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead because he lives in you. He is empowering you. He is showing you what to do. He is showing you how to think. He's showing you how to act. And if you would just be obedient, you could live in the freedom that he died for. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your daughters. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you that they can know that they are heirs, not because of anything that they've done, just because of who they are. I thank you, God, that once they received the work of the cross of Jesus Christ, that they have access to everything, Father, that you have for them. I pray, Lord, that they would begin to take hold and take advantage of that access so they can live in the abundance that you've promised. I pray, oh God, that we would remember that you're an awesome father and you call us your daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Have an awesome day, evening, whenever you're listening from wherever you're watching. Share this with someone who needs to know who they are, that they have an inheritance that they can take hold of. Download this so that the next time you need a good reminder, <laughs> you can have it at your fingertips and at the ready. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Please follow, like, share, and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so this message can get to as many women as possible who need to know their identity in Christ. Thanks for rocking with me. I appreciate you.